Here we go again. Jay, how you doing? Very well, thank you. Um, how about yourself, James? Yeah, not too bad. Thank you very much. Looking forward to this one. We've got uh, Ben with us. Um, ben Simpson, who is a, a rising star in the refereeing world, and that's going to be really interesting to to get your uh, thoughts on on our philosophy, certainly. How are you, Ben? I'm good. Thanks for the invite. Uh, good to see you both, and uh, looking forward to the next uh, 40 minutes or so of discussion time. <laughs> cool. Good stuff. So we'll just have a bit of a warm up as we do, and we'll just chat a bit about rugby as rugby fans do. Um, some interesting things happening shortly. We've got the Premiership starting just in less than a week's time now. Um, What's the first game? Bristol Bears v Bath. Okay. Mm. Um, women's Six Nations next. Uh, sorry, uh, Women's World Cup uh, mm, in a month's one, time. Yeah. Looking forward to that. But um, one thing I just wanted to chat about and we'll put it on the notes and it's probably a refereeing thing ben the nick white incident nigel owens tweeted that uh, he felt he'd retired too soon do you think it's a soft element of the game creeping in or is it a one-off or how would you have handled that situation i think the nate it is starting to creep in and i think it's something we need to be very mindful of and wary of because we we like to compare ourselves to from from our round ball friends um, and we, we try and shy away from that kind of behaviour. Um, it is starting to creep in because um, I think the use of the TMO um, and how that's developed, The um, if, if a player brings something to the attention of the TMO, then they tend to look at it and then we have to break things down and look at what the, the facts of the matter and then we kind of take away that refereeing um, kind of emotion from the game because we we put it on the screen and we have to look at look at what we see and and then we get to having to make a decision that probably doesn't feel right um, and that that that's how they operate at the top end of the game. I'm not fortunate um, to have that kind of uh, assets in my game yet, but yet, um, yet, I yet. do think I do think it's it's one we need to be careful of because I don't think it's it, it doesn't suit rugby. Uh, it didn't look right when I when I when I watched it back, and um, I kind of have to agree with Nigel's comments a little bit. So, in 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 that situation, um, so you've seen that and you've seen it happen in your referee in that game. What what do you do? I think I'd, I'd try and try and play it out like during live and kind of go well. I'd probably be having a word with Nick on the down. Um, I don't think that's really needed in the game. Um, so I'll be trying to kind of eyeball him and and kind of go, let's not let's not go down that route. Yeah. Um, let's let's play prop, uh, some true rugby and and, hard, and show showcase our skills, not not go looking for stuff that that brings the game into into something we don't want to see. Yeah, um, I, yeah I don't think you get you wouldn't be getting anything from me um, on on the field if he was behaving like that anyway. See, on like a Saturday here or. You know, I guess I guess what you're saying, Ben, is, is spot on. You know, you don't see that here on a Saturday, but that's because there is no TMO on a Saturday. Mm. You know, if you did that to, you know, some of the referees we get around here, you know, that you just they just would they'd laugh at you. I don't think they they'd do anything. They'd just be like, yeah, nice. Yeah, I, I I think that's the professionalism coming into the game. And like I said earlier, 
if they if they make it aware and at the top end everything's a theater so once you've once someone's aware of it the ref has to deal with it um and equally i think the players are cottoning on to that now and that they're kind of using that as a tactic um to get things referred and i think that's where we as refs as a group of refs have to go no no we will trust our systems when we use the tmo and we'll we'll get the right outcomes but let's not have players dictating when we when we refer and, and, and what we look after because at, at the end of the day the referee is there to do a job um, if we if we strip it down and robotic look at everything on the screen then we won't have that game that we love and that dynamic um, game of rugby because everything will be broken down and before we know it we've got five six seven eight TMO referrals in the game which at the top end is a spectacle you'll lose fans you'll lose the, the, the money the interest because people are just going to be looking and listening to TMO decisions that don't make sense to the to the wider audience 100% and the a big thing that I'm worried about is that say little Johnny is on a Saturday watching that live on TV and sees Nick White behaving in that way Sunday he then goes and does that at his local rugby club. What sort of, you know, what sort of messages is that sending out? And then, you know, kids copy and do stuff as well. It's just, I think it's quite a dangerous territory to be in. And like you were saying earlier, Ben, you know, we pride ourselves on being a completely separate sport from anybody. And the direct comparison is always made to football. And I don't agree with it all the time. You know, some people are very much like, you know, I think there's a bit of a, you know, some toxic mindsets going around with stuff like, you know, this isn't like, you know, we're not like football and stuff like that, which is needed to an extent. But then when you see something like that, and, you know, I think back to the first time I saw it in the professional game was Jack Clifford, uh, who was playing for Harlequins, and he threw himself on the floor after um, like 10 seconds of somebody pushing him. And I was just like, oh, God, where are we going here? And then a few years later... We're here now. It's now happened internationally. And I think we could be in a very sick situation if it's not World Rugby or the RFU or whoever need to come out and do something about it fast because it could spread quickly. <laughs> yeah, I, I think everyone's guilty. Whether you're a referee, coach, player, you look at players, coaches, referees at the top end and you, and you, you do try and replicate some of their behaviours and mannerisms. Because you think that's the that's the the thing that we need to be doing. That's just, they seem to be doing the right thing. So we'll naturally replicate that. Um, and I think if we're sending a message to to the grassroots, to the community game, uh, and even to the professional players that that's acceptable, then I think we're gonna we're gonna stumble into some more issues in the future. Mm. Agreed. I think because um, we're on a tight subject, uh, tight um, schedule, I think we'll push on to the the first round. And mm-hmm. um, actually, it's quite a, a good lead in Ben. Um, 22 year old referee um, you're really making uh, headway in your career but why refereeing? It was interesting obviously I, I, I met Jay through my uh, Dorchester rugby club experience as a junior um, I came all the way from um, under 13s, 14s right up until under 18s where the, the transition, the split from the, the junior game to the men's game um, and the season before that, I, I was, let's be the, I, I was never a, a contact loving player. 
I was a very skillful player. I could kick, I could catch, I could do all the technical aspects. But I lacked that little bit of aggression when I needed to, especially when you're making the transition from the junior game to the men's game. Um, during that year, the previous, I spent a lot of time running touch at the, at the games. Uh, I, I took interest in, in the referee. And then I was put on a course. And then basically from, from there on in, instead of playing rugby on a Saturday or a Sunday, I refereed. And then it just became kind of a, a way of life, so much to, to the, the extent now that rugby takes up a lot of my life. Um, um, if you look at my general week, it, I go to work, but when I come back from work, I'm either thinking about rugby or reviewing rugby or prepping for my games in the future. Um, so in terms of the transition, it, it has become my life um, and it, it's only become my life because I enjoy it. Um, in the community game, that if, if if you don't enjoy refereeing, you can't do it. The the money implications aren't all there, so you have to enjoy what you're doing. Um, and because it's absorbed all my life, it, it, it's a weekly thing, and almost it it almost given me something to do. And and Monday all the way to Sunday, I've got things to be doing and things to be looking forward to, prepping, talking with my team etc etc which is kind of the the transition that happened that kept me in the game um which is really good and i think we need to start encouraging more people into these paths not necessarily refereeing but coaching or all these other aspects um we looked into it when you the eight the juniors the men's transition is where we lose all our most of our players yeah um and actually branching out into these different avenues. I didn't know, I wasn't considering refereeing. I went on a course um, and that transition was such a, an easy switch and something that I've then taken on board and adapted and, and really excelled in and, and enjoy. Um, but part of that experience, I'll gain stuff that I can use in other, other forms of life as well. Yeah. Um, I think if you if you went into coaching, you, you could say the same. I think um, I, I really am concerned at the moment that the, the amount of players we lose from that junior to men's um, transition. And I think refereeing or coaching is definitely something we need to start encouraging um, because we can still keep people in the game and, and um, it, it's enjoyable um, and you get a lot out of it not necessarily just the, the experiences, the atmospheres, the, the environments you're put in as a referee, the, the added skills you get from, from doing the job that we do, being put in hostile environments, being working with a team, etc. It's all really positive things that we need to start encouraging uh, others in the rugby community to do. And Ben, speaking from, you know, experience for myself, not with refereeing at all, because I, genuinely couldn't think of anything worse but in, in it from like a a coaching sort of way I think back to when I was 17 and I was getting into coaching um you know there were times where I missed training sessions as a player to go and do stuff with courses or whatever and my teammates would go you know well what are you doing what are you doing that for like you're never going to be a coach you know just enjoy playing rugby you know you need to be at training you need, we need you on a Sunday and stuff um maybe not need you they're just like you should be there carrying the water balls on on a Sunday or something like that. But it, it was, how, how did you combat those sort of conversations that you'd have with, you know, your teammates and other people as well? Were you encouraged by all 
or were there some that were like, then what are you doing? Like, we need a 10 at the weekend, mate. Like, come on. Yeah, I I, I think it comes back to that transition. I, I, I think there's a mass divide of very few slip through to the men's game. And we all just dissipated away and I dissipated into into the refereeing, um, which kind of takes a separate... At, at the end of the day, no one no one really talks about the referee and they shouldn't talk about the referee. But I slipped away and, and, and followed that path. And I think others slipped away and fell out of the love of the game. And some people went on to the, to the, the men's game. And I, I really haven't got an answer to that question. But I didn't really face any any challenges as set, any challenging me of why I did it. It was a case of, I just went and did it. Good. So, so then what was next? So you, you'd done your, you done your foot. Is that a level one or is that a, what course did you do? Was it like a, a level two intro into refereeing or? I did my level one in that transition whilst I was still playing. And yeah. then after I'd stopped playing in that transition period, I did my level two and then basically experienced, Pushed, pushed it down, joined the society, and, and then and went from there up until up until the current period. So talk us through the the society because for for some people, you know, that are looking at getting into refereeing and wherever they might be in the country or the world, what does that mean? How do you get into refereeing? So England rugby run two courses, and I think they still do the two courses. There might be one, but I'm, I'm not entirely sure. And then you're encouraged to to join your local society and. Um, all the societies in the UK are really welcoming of, of any age, any referee, because quite frankly, that we have a shortage of referees at the moment. So they're willing to take you on and they're willing to let you develop. Um, so I was, I was I joined as a member of Dawson Wilt Society and um, then I got appointed to, to local games, starting from, I think, the junior stuff, then working to third team level, second team, first team. And so on as you climb that that pathway, and and they do they do really support you. They give you that support. They come out and watch you, even if they're just coming out there to to be that extra that person who's there, and you're not on your own. Um, because quite frankly, most of the time, until you reach a certain level, you are on your own, and yeah. it's a it's a challenge that you've you've got to deal with. But starting out, it can be quite daunting, even at a junior game, to be turning up and say. I'm the referee. Can I come and do a briefing? Can I come and do studs? You're, you're in charge of that whole. From the minute you get there to the minute you finish, you're in charge. And as a as a new ref, it can be quite difficult. But all the societies, Dawson, will really do support you in that. Um, so from from then, I then went to uni in Gloucester. Um, so I transferred from Dawson Wilts to to the Gloucester Society, and equally had just as much help and support with those guys whilst I was at university. So what what's your highlight? Because I know you've been up to HQ. Um, what's the highlight of your career so far? I mean, I, I, everyone's dream as a player or, or is, to, is to perform or to play on, on HQ. So it, that is probably up there as, as one of the top highlights. And um, it's a surreal experience, regardless if there's, four or five people in the crowd or, or, or 80,000. I dread to think of the noise and the atmosphere when there would when there is 80,000 people in there. Um, when I ran out um, for the school's finals, it was that there was a load of parents and, and it was it was a surreal experience just to look around and go, wow. you're, you're refereeing at the home rugby is, is pretty special. So it's, it's definitely up there with one of the um, one of the highlights of, of my refereeing career so far. 
And you going back there soon? Uh, I hope so. I hope so. I hope I'll get another appointment. Uh, keep working hard, and I'm, I'm sure I'm sure the appointments will keep flowing. So, so looking for. So so Ben, so you've you're in the uh, Dorset Wilt Society. You've then moved to to Gloucester. Um, how old were you when you refereed your first um, senior game? I think I was 18 and a half years old when I first refereed my first men's game. Um, and, and, what I think, and what level was that? I think from memory, I think it was Puddle Town Seconds, which <laughs> was my first game. It was uh, a while ago since I've been to Puddle Town. And I don't know, I think we've all been to Puddle Town. It was proper old traditional Dorset club. Might as well have been on a farm. Um, but it, yeah, is, it, it, it is a farm, it, pretty much. It is a it is a farm. Puddle Town Seconds is my first game. And to think now where I am, and in, we're only four years down the line, to think that four years ago I was refereeing at Puddle Town is quite scary. But actually, it's, it's, it is very scary to look back and go, God, I, I was refereeing on a farm. And now I'm refereeing on last year at Twickenham. It's quite surreal. Did you get the respect at Puddle Town when you ran out there at 18 and a half years old? Well, I'm sure people had a few opinions uh, as they're entitled to, but uh, I, I think back then there, there was there was more respect. Um, I think I don't know the the nature of our game; it's starting to to slip up. And I think I know we as a team of officials um, are starting to to rubber stamp that and to crack down on it again because it is creeping in, and we need to we need to dissipate that from the game. So Dorset and Wilts have just invested in um, cameras. For their referees uh, at the men's level, what's your take on that? Cameras at any age. So, as a referee, if as soon as you've heard your voice and listened to what you've said, it's the most awkward experience of your life. <laughs> when you listen back to what you've been saying, doing, running, talking, you you learn that you shouldn't have said some things, and you just cringe in your body, like how how is that me? Um, but equally. It's the it's one of the best tools for, for us referees to develop because we can under, we can look back and go what we did there and, and why we did it and, and other people can question us and then that also adds value and adds little bits in our head that we take forward to the next game. Um, I, I strong if if people have the finance to to get a video with a ref mic, it is it is a, a very valuable experience. I'm 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 fully supportive of a of a video. It's really good. Do you know what's amazing there, Ben? And says a lot about you as a person. The reason why Dorset Wilts have brought those cameras in is nothing to do with referee development. It's to stop match official abuse. And you didn't mention that once. Like you, you speak to somebody like that that has a that that's given a tool. I think it's for me straight away when I when I was like, oh wow, the referee's getting camera. That'd be great for them because I've only recently just started filming myself coaching and. You're right, God, it is cringe as hell, isn't it? Like, oh my God, do, do I sound like that? That's why I never yeah. listen to any of these back. But it it is such a, a shame that we feel, as a county, that match officials feel that they need to wear body cameras so people don't abuse them. And yeah, I, 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 I think... find that tough. I find that really tough. I think that is the difficulty that you just have to look at outside of rugby and and, and policing now and, and the, the, the way that society is going. Everyone is videoing people and always looking for somebody to blame. Mm. It's always somebody else's fault. Um, 
And I think, like we said earlier, we don't want that to creep into rugby because of what the rugby values hold and what the games hold. So I, I can understand why they brought it in. And I, I hope the referees and the players would use it for what I've been using it for and not just to record abuse and mm. to kind of have a an evidence-based approach to the abuse so that we can deal with it. But yeah, it is a shame that um, the, the reason for it is for abuse because actually if we should be getting rid of abuse and then not needing the, the video itself. But the tool itself is a really good tool um, for us referees and I'm sure it is players and coaches. It just is a bit annoying to listen to yourself back. And <laughs> to heal. I think that's a great spot because we're tight for time to stop for a half time because I want to explore your values on the game after in the second half as well. I know um, our listeners will be looking forward to it. So a uh, brief halftime announcement. We've been contacted by uh, Burley Rugby Union Football Club up in Leeds. Um, they've asked for a mention. They are looking for players still. They're also looking for sponsors for their players. If you're in Leeds in the uh, Hawksworth area, get down to Burley Rugby Club. They're any age, any uh, experience, welcome. They're looking to try and build their club. Um and they've had a good first game to their season already. Uh, uh, bonus points win for them for their first game. So well done, Burnley. And anybody else, if you're interested, please get in touch. We're happy to promote grassroots at all levels all over the world, however it works. If you've got something you want to shout about to try and get some help or support, then let us know. We're happy to. Um, contact us on info at BMO Rugby or get in touch with us on the uh, BMO Rugby social media channels. So the second half, um, Ben, is where we talk about the philosophy that we have of um, using rugby and its values to help us on and off the field. Um, we like to kick our second half off with the question, what does rugby mean to you? So rugby, like I said, does take up the majority of my life. So it's something that I've invested in and something that I really enjoy. So for me, it, it's a, it's an asset of of life that I I love to do. I love the game of rugby. I, I look forward to reviewing, prepping and going to my games, regardless if that's four hours in the car uh, to travel to a game. It, it's something I'm wanting to do, looking forward to do. So for me, value, rugby gives me that, um, gives me that, gives me that enjoyment factor that um, I think most people need in life just to, separate from work, separate from issues. It is just somewhere that you go, you learn as a person, you gain some great friendships. Um, I, I've, I've got people of all ages, shapes and sizes that I've, I would never have met. Um, but through rugby, I've come into contact with them. And I look, if I'm in Manchester one week and they live up there, I'll say I'm in Manchester for a game. Do you fancy meeting up for a pint afterwards? And um, is it all right if I jump in pop in a spare bed for the night because I've, I've got to travel all these rugby family that um that we pride ourselves on on, on keeping and upholding is brilliant um so the reason why what rugby means to me at the moment is my life and it, it does consume a lot of my my time and effort but that is due to the investment that I've put into it um but yeah enjoyment uh, friendships um all of that is, is worthwhile and, and that's something I really enjoy. That's cool. 
that's really cool really cool and you mentioned um earlier on that um you enjoy refereeing and you feel that it's given you uh tools that you can go and use outside of rugby um do you want to elaborate on that a little bit more for us yeah so i don't us referees aren't really the, the norm. We, we, we force ourselves into environments that can be quite challenging sometimes. And part of that, um, by doing that, you, you are developing yourself as a person for, for all weights of life and the challenges that, that we come across. Um, for example, if you're chucked into a derby game on a Friday night, you, you, know, what you're, you know what you're going up against. You know what you've got to do. You know the challenges that you're going to be faced. Um, and all, all part of that is you're, you're absorbing all that and, you're, and you're, you've always got that in your locker to use, um, regardless of, of, of where you need to use it. Um, so, yeah, there's lots of stuff that you can, you can, you can take out of, out of the game. Um, I've only touched on a few. So resilience, teamwork, um, all of those, there's, there's loads I could list them all, but there's a lot of value that you can you can get out of the game, especially through through refereeing. That's interesting because we've had players on, we've had coaches on, um, we've had managers on, um, but we don't. When we talk about rugby all the time, we tend to talk about players and plays. But actually, I mean, I'm a big fan of Nigel Owens. I think probably everybody is. He's sort of the the first referee that stood up and and got noticed by everybody and made it um, made it a position where everybody's aware of as a fan rather than just as a player. Um, so, yeah, I was really excited to have you on to, to hear about the values that you have as a referee. Um, so what would you be if it wasn't for rugby? I know you said you, you got out of rugby as a player and, and you tran- transitioned into uh, refereeing, but where would you have gone if it, if you hadn't, what would you be? It's very interesting because as part of my um, development, um, when I went to uni, uh, the University of Gloucester ran a scholarship programme, which is uh, the only one in the UK. I think we're, we're trying to develop some, some more courses or some more uh, learning environments. But um, essentially, that's, that's the main reason why I went to university, um, to, to pursue the refereeing and to have... Um, opportunities through the scholarship that I've I've benefited from um had I had I not chosen that option I, I probably wouldn't have been been a university student um I probably would have would have looked to, to venture into the police or something like that um but having said that I've having done the pathway that I've done and, and the refereeing I, I've gained stuff that I can use if refereeing doesn't work out uh, like uh, all these valuable skills that we that we do and have as referees can be transferred into, into into an environment like the police for example so yeah what would I what would have what would I what would I have done if it wasn't for rugby um, who knows but um, I, I think I would have probably been a police officer now um, so I don't, feel really, I, but... <laughs> I don't know I don't know which one's better <laughs> Ben, I, you know, I've been refereed by you before, and I, I don't, is this did I didn't I score like four tries? It was like uh, Kingston Ward versus uh, Weymouth College. I scored like four tries or something. Didn't you? Didn't you have to get in like a a new whistle, like it'd run out or something? 
I'd love to agree with you, but I really can't remember that. Um, I, true, it's true. Um, it's, it's such a long time ago, I can't remember it. Harsh, harsh. It was only last, <laughs> season, it was only last season, Ben. Um, I know you enjoy a bit of chat and stuff like that. What's the, while being on the pitch and stuff like that, uh, you know, you've been down with uh, Polo Town 2s and up with, you know, Nat 2, Nat 1 sort of stuff. What's the sort of best chat you've had on the uh, rugby pitch so far towards yourself? <laughs> Best chat. Um, I think it, I think it was kind of mainly from a spectator. Is uh, what's what's the point in you being here? Um, <laughs> you had no value, um, and I just and just I just think you you almost want to comment back and go. There's a reason why you're on the sideline, but you you can't. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's interesting. There's a lot of chat, and there's a lot of of rubbish chat out there. But um, I think. You, you learn to to kind of absorb it and and, and laugh about it later um, but yeah the, there is some there is some awful chat out there trust me <laughs> um what would you you know if you had to say a few things that you'd want young players to get out from rugby what would they be and that well actually let's rephrase that question not young players young people involved in in rugby so like I said, I think there's, there's there's various different avenues in rugby that you can you can excel in and, and expose yourself in. And if we take refereeing, um, if a young person takes up the whistle, um, they, they 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 gain a different um, tier of, of friendship, and and they expose themselves to different people at a young age, which is valuable. Mm. Um, the the friendships the um, the the willingness to train, the willingness to do better for yourself. Um, I think if when you put yourself in a team environment, you you don't lose that, but there's less of it because you're one, you're a collective team. Whereas as a referee, the only person who's going to make yourself better is yourself. Um, regardless of what other people say, do or influence, the, the only person who's in control of yourself is you um, I think you can relate that to anything not just rugby um, as a young person you're in control of your own destiny you put into life what you want to get out of it uh, I think that's something that I've been told in refereeing and, and the development kind of process is you you and you decide where you want to be and, and if you put enough effort you put enough time you invest in it you enjoy it and it eventually you will get to where you want to be. So that would be that would be the main message for me is is do something because you enjoy it, do something because you love it, but also look to to better yourself in in every minute of the day because that will automatically make you a better person, uh, referee, player, coach, spectator, for example. So Ben, what um what's next for you? What's your What's the next progression? Yeah, because I set myself, you know, not just in coaching, but in other stuff as well. Short-term goals and long-term goals. What's um, what's next for you? So, at the start of this season, I I have now officially my status is now I'm a I'm an associate of the national panel. Um, so that basically means that I will get given games at that level, um, and with the aim to hopefully make it as a full-time member of the panel come come Christmas or the or the end of the season so for me that's for me that's my my main goal as in short-term goal for for this season is to try and 
try and make it that onto that official status as a panel member, as the referee, not just a an associate. Good work then. And long term? Long term, keep doing what we're doing, keep plugging away, keep keep keeping availability, keep training hard, keep learning off off people, games, experiences, environments, and, and hopefully get to, to the end goal of of the of the top end of the game and and even even a, the the top top goal would be for the a World Cup or or something like that. But you've you've got to aim high and you you've got to chase things down. If you don't aim high, there's there's no point in, in, in doing it. So um, yeah, looking forward to it. Um, I'm up four or five years on my refereeing journey, and mm. and it, it it doesn't it's not going to be stopping anytime soon. So mm. um, I'll uh, I'll keep working hard and, and see where it gets me. Mm. And have you done any international stuff? Have you been anywhere near anything like that or in that um, environment at all? I've, I've done an international men's game on the line. and I, I did a women's game. Um, I did a, uh, a women's 18s. I've done a, a couple of 18s internationals as well. So um, I've, I've been in some some international environments, which is good. Uh, great, some, some, some national anthems and stuff like that. So, oh, yeah, man. these are the things you look forward to. And, and when you get these appointments and, and HQ, for example, it's an appointment that you can you can tick off your mm. your refereeing your, your refereeing goals and say, I've, I've refereed it to a good. I've done a 18th international, etc. And, and and these, as a referee, you always want to be refereeing at the next level. Um, so you're always going to have your goals are always going to be changing, um, as long as you keep them realistic and you keep you keep training hard, working hard, and knowing the expectations of that next level, then um, all will be good. And you just got to see what see what the rugby uh, career happens happens next. See what happens next. And keep working hard. Good work, Ben. That's awesome, mate. So what what have you learned most from rugby? Then that's um, I mean you're pretty inspirational in your motivation and, and determination to uh, achieve your goals. But through your rugby career, and, and granted, as far as I'm concerned, you're both just whippersnappers starting out. But um, but what through your career so far has been the biggest lesson? Um, a, a quote that I was always given, and, and, and it sticks with me, and it's one that I'll always say to any other referee, is treat every game like it's a cup final, like it's a World Cup final. Um, you never know who's watching. Um, so, yeah, you, you can be doing a, a favour for the society because they're short and you, you go in there all just going through the motions, but that could be the game that someone's watching. Or, yeah, the biggest thing for me and the, the one quote that I'll take and give to any referee is you never know who's watching and, and treat every game like it's the World Cup final. That's cool. Love that. And I suppose when you do get to your World Cup final, you'll be well prepared with that statement as well. There we go. You can. I'll have it written down ready. <laughs> so from your refereeing career and, and the goals that you've got, you lay out your path. For any aspiring youngsters coming up through, um, where would you guide them? In the first instance, would you say follow the same path as you, or, or would you say there's uh, there's a better route for them to take? I think the the pathway and and there is a limited route, and I think the source comes with you've got to join your local society. 
and 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 then that is where you'll get branched off and that's where you'll grow and and you'll find your way there um your society is your first point of call um and they they'll nurture you and they'll they'll guide you to the next steps when you're ready for them um so yeah if if you're if if you were like me and and you didn't want to really engage in the contact and you actually enjoyed running the line or you enjoyed looking and under, wanting to understand why the referees made that decision then join your society um, and just do as many games as you as you can possibly do um, I think that the biggest advice that I had was you you learn through your games so do as many games it doesn't matter what game it is you'll you'll learn something new in every game um, so yeah go and gain the experience go and gain speak to people that have, have been there speak to at higher levels, same level, lower level, people who coach, people who, who play, learn off everyone, take, absorb what you want and, and, and guide your own path through that. But um, yeah, the, the, the first off thing is, is join your local society and, and, and they will help you through, through the stages that you want to get to. That's great. Mm, love that. Love that. Ben, just from, you know, from myself, really just, has been absolutely amazing speaking to you. You know, obviously I've known you for quite a long time now. And, you know, I think back to, you know, people like Sam Cloud and stuff like that. You know, he, you know, he introduced you to me when, you know, I just started off coaching and stuff like that. And you were just starting off refereeing and that. And it's been great, mate. And also been following the stuff you've been doing on social media and just mate, really pleased for you that you're uh, you're going well. Just just a bit guy, you're not refereeing in Dorset and Wilkes, mate, because uh, we need you down here, man. We need you. I might come down over. I might come down soon when I'm back at the parents. If I've got, if I've got a spare weekend, which is very unlikely, but I'll, uh, I'll, I'll never turn down a, a Wimborne, a Wimborne game. You know that cracking stuff. <laughs> so one question from me, while Jay sat next to me as a as a coach, and and you two know each other, who's easiest to deal with, players or coaches? Um, coaches after the game. Um, players during the game. Really? Um, okay. Players are easier to deal with during the game, um, and coaches are more difficult during the game because they they don't they want to know information from the sideline. Whereas if you speak to them afterwards in a in controlled environment, it's the other other way around. Um, so it's quite interesting. But yeah, to answer your question, probably players. Oh, um, cool. Thank you. Well, I think we're going to have to wrap it up then. Um, it's been a short one, but it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Um, great things that I've got to take away with, um, especially where you've talked about the fact that the tools that you have gained through refereeing, you take outside of the game you use in your day-to-day life. And, and we try and champion that um, to be more rugby um, in our social um, professional and and rugby lives um but i also love the fact that like you said refereeing's not um a uh, money incentivized it's a, a love of the game incent incentivized um which i think a lot of people have got to stop and remember because lots of people go into professional sports for the money yeah um when they've got a degree of talent but the referees especially and and I, I say, especially in rugby, probably mainly in rugby, they keep the game going, they keep the game honest, they keep the players safe, and they keep the players honest at the same time, mm. as well as the coaches. Um, 
and they're doing it for the love of the game. They're not doing it for the for the big bucks or the fame or anything like that. So, um, so that's really interesting. That struck a chord with me. It's big time, and you know, I I've spoken you know before on on here about stuff to do with referees and that, but at the end of the day, no referee, no game. And you know, I've been in those situations on a on a Saturday when a referee, you know, there's been a mistake or whatever, and you know that game then doesn't get played. You know, you, you go home or you know, some of the lads on the Sunday, there's been like a mix-up or a referee's been stuck or whatever. No game. It, you know, it, it it doesn't happen. You know, when you're, you know, when you're past a certain age and stuff like that, it can't be a coach that comes and does it because, you know, it's just not not fair and they're not qualified to do it. They, they don't have that experience to do it. And when you need a referee and you don't have one, I think it really highlights actually how important they are. And they are definitely a forgotten element of the game. Big time. Taken for granted. So, yeah. to, sorry, go on, Ben. We're, we're, we're all in this together. If we want a game, we have to have all three counterparts. We have to have players, coaches uh, and players. If if we have less of a, less of a um, pot in the referees field, then some of the players and coaches will, will miss out as a result. So, mm. And I, I, back to what I said, I think everyone has to treat every game as a learning game and and referees never are perfect players are never perfect and coaches are never perfect and as and if, if we we all know that we can build together i think we have to build together we have so i have to tap into some some coaching and come to some training sessions which i have and experience what you guys are teaching your your scrum and your 10 etc and equally you guys can then say well why are you doing this on a Saturday? And if, if we're not doing that, well, come a Saturday, it will be like that's unknown because yeah. it's just it's just out of the blue. But rugby is a family, and, and it doesn't matter what role you're you're taking. I think we have to come together, um, especially up, up, up in the current period where we're losing players. We're, we're certainly losing referees, and that comes ties into a little bit of the abuse. Um, mm. it, referees aren't going to turn out. Um, for nothing if they don't enjoy it and if if you're getting abused you're not enjoying it so that that is a a thing we've got to address but it's an easy fix I think Um, and coming together as a as a trio will really help that Um, yeah no ref no game is 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 out there but I think we have to work together 100% so all you girls and boys out there that are loving rugby but not enjoying the contact of it seriously consider getting stuck into the refereeing side of things because that's only going to help continue the game and make it better for everybody so there's a there's a pathway that perhaps youngsters don't think about especially but and i suppose of any age if you're at the point where you're looking at retiring why not go down the route of you know it's never too late going down the route of referee and it it, it will only help the game get better and better 100 percent. There's, there's always a place for you in rugby and there's always a place that you can fit into in the, in the refereeing side of it as well so yeah can't encourage that can't encourage that more love that love that Ben amazing talking to you as always mate and uh, wish you all the very best of luck and I'm looking forward to looking forward to seeing you as the man in the middle in the World Cup final in what France next year oh I don't know about that but uh, I might I might be there in the crowd but uh, I don't know about in the middle well we'll keep an eye out anyway Look Thank you, Ben. Really appreciate it. And hopefully you'd perhaps come on and tell us how you get on at the World Cup when you're there. 
I'll definitely do something like this again. It, it, it's really valuable for me to do these kind of things as well, not just for you guys. It's if if I can talk about it, then that enhances my my knowledge as a referee. So yeah, it's it's really good, and, and that we need to encourage more people to do it because, like we said, this is all this is another avenue of of the rugby family that that we haven't even mentioned. So it, it's endless, isn't it? Genuinely, genuinely, I'm I was over the moon to hear that that element of it because referees can so often mm. be stuck out and that when they come here we've got a little dressing room down here you probably know they go in there they come out nobody really talks to them apart mm. from the two head coaches and whatever mm. and and actually like you say there should be more of an integration because they are sure 100 part of the family i think there's still that stigma of as the referee turns up comes to ruin a game but it's it's yeah. it's definitely not it, it we're putting just as much work and effort in as the players um, because it's another avenue that, that the rugby that creates. So I think I don't take for granted the work that the coaches are putting in or the players, but is that reciprocated in the refereeing? That might be where we need to talk and these kind of things help because yeah. people don't know what a referee's week is pre-post game. Um so it's, it's, it's all about coming together and talking. So these things really help. And um, yeah, I'll definitely come on again and, and, and talk about something completely different if you want. Yeah, no, 100%, mate. There's so many different things we could chat about in there. It has been brilliant. Ben, thank Perfect. you very much. Really, really enjoyed that. Um, Jay, it's been a delight as always. Um, can't wait to get this one out, actually, um, for people to listen to. Uh, and we're hoping now we've had the players, we've had the managers, we've had the coaches, we've now had the referees. Hopefully next week, we've got a rugby psychologist coming on, which is going to be another angle, which will be a real interesting one. So, so everybody and anybody, if you like what we're doing, please let us know. Um, subscribe to us, like us, do all the things you need to do. And uh, until next week or next time, be more rugby. Thank you, Ben. Cheers, thank you very much. Thank you, Jay. Ben, lovely to see you as always, mate. And I'll, I'll give you a message soon. Cheers. Cheers. All the best.